Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, your host with most Phil Better, and today's guest is a great one. He has over a decade of experience in digital marketing, starting as a freelance copywriter where he honed his skills in brand storytelling and email marketing. Once he had developed a set of frameworks that worked consistently across different niches, he started to elevate and scale, specializing in email marketing for e-commerce business. Everybody, please welcome Kyle Stout to the show. Kyle, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because I've been in this space uh, learning about own marketing and own media. And obviously, email marketing is the cream of the cream of own media. So it's great to have you here to talk about this specialization and how you got started in it. And that's so I'm excited to dive into that with you. Okay, awesome. Yeah, me too. So how, what made you want to start being a freelance copywriter? Like that's how you started in the digital entrepreneur world. What was it about freelance copywriting? So I really, uh, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had an interest in marketing. Um, I always took an interest in that when I was young and I was, you know, I was doing marketing classes and everything, even, even back to high school, a little bit that we had. And so the first thing is I just wanted to figure out how I could start making some money, how I could, you know, break into it. And I was just doing some research and just kind of figure out like, okay, what skills could I possibly monetize? And I was always decent at writing um, in school and everything. And, and copywriting kept coming up where I kept noticing this pattern where people would talk about how if you can if you can get good at copywriting, you can apply that to pretty much everything else. And I also noticed coincidentally over time that a lot of CEOs and founders had a copywriting background. So I just the skill set was just really attractive to me. And I thought, well, okay, I could I can start doing this make, you know, have a chance to make some money online, but I can also hopefully use this skill to then go do other things and build my own business, even beyond copywriting. All right. Um, so it was just, uh, you wanted to get, uh, start making some money online and be your own boss and not have to be doing the daily nine to five. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was always, that's just something that I always had from the time I was a young age. I just always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, and was like your when you were younger parents were all always like supporting you bringing you on in that and cheering on your successes and failures um not exactly no so um <laughs> so growing up uh, my parents were divorced i i didn't really see my dad that much um he was supportive of it but we just didn't have a close relationship back then you know he was he was more of an entrepreneurial type had we uh, had a closer relationship, he probably would have been more supportive. My mom was very, not in a, in a mean way or anything, but she's just, you know, 
very risk averse and saw all of that as as very risky. And in fact, there is one time when I was a kid, I had started this little business in school, if you can call it that. I was I cre I was just in elementary. I was uh, I created these flavored these cinnamon flavored toothpicks, and I was selling them at school. And it sounds weird, I know, but it was like it was actually really it became a you know pretty hot commodity in my elementary. And I had this stash of money that I had. It was in like my underwear drawer or whatever from doing this. And she found it and she thought that me doing that was going to lead to me being a drug dealer. Like she just really didn't get the whole hustler thing like that, you know, even though I had totally pure intent at the time, she just she just had a negative connotation with it. So I, I wouldn't say and again, this is not to like disparage her or anything. I mean, we no, have it's a mom watching out for her child. It's it's perfectly exactly it, exactly. It was totally in that vein. And I think, you know, sometimes that's a big challenge for aspiring entrepreneurs is as much of a blessing as it would be. And, and it is for a lot of people to have that kind of support and encouragement. You don't have to have it. Oh, I, I love that. And I, I love we're able to speak to the people who come from that area where their uh, a parent may not have been in the picture that may and the other parent overcompensating with risk uh, aversion, which is great because um, look at you, you're uh, an entrepreneur who made it. Um, when did you decide to decide to go from just doing freelancing to starting Elevate and Scale? So um, I had attempted many previous businesses in the past. Some, most of them failed. Some of them did all right. And, but so I was doing freelance copywriting. That kind of was like the main thing during all these, you know, trying these other businesses. It was like the, the steady thing was the freelance copywriting. And I ended up taking a job working for a client and I ended up just running all of their marketing and had a lot of success. And so that's when so basically the company just, it didn't work out with the guy who was funding the company. And I don't want to get like gossipy, but no. he wasn't running it correctly. So we all, like the main team, we all kind of parted ways. And that's when I knew I'm like, okay, you know what? I have seen this. I've done this for other businesses. I've seen what can be done with email marketing. I know it works. And also just having worked with a lot of agencies as a freelancer and just being aware of all the different marketing services that you can provide, email marketing was pretty attractive to me because it's a very valuable sales channel. It's also a very reliable sales channel. So one concern if you're starting an agency or any kind of service like this is you're going to have turnover with your clients and certain service offering. So I used to work a lot on doing sales copy for websites. And a lot of times those would be one-off projects. So that could be a, it couldn't be a really profitable project, but there weren't always opportunities, you know, to continue working with them on a regular basis. And I saw email marketing as something where I could continue to provide a ton of value to a client on an ongoing basis for a sales channel that could be very reliable for them to the point where, and it's also one thing I liked is the fact that email marketing is not really the new sexy thing that as long as you do a great job and take care of them, they usually want to stick with you for a long time versus doing something like social advertising or something like that, where things are changing constantly and new competition is coming in with some you know crazy new offer. And it's a little bit harder to retain your clients. Oh, um, I like that. And it's super important. Like you said, every, every other year, there's a new social media platform that's getting out there. But uh, and stay on trend and growing on each platform is harder and harder. Whereas email marketing is like the very simple 
down to earth, boots to the ground type uh, marketing for people. Um, what was it about the e-commerce businesses that attracted you to work explicitly with them? Yeah, that's, an, that's another one that just came from trial and error uh, for not by planning, but just by coincidence. I tended to work with more service businesses prior to the point of me deciding to make that pivot. I had worked with the, with businesses of all types, but for whatever reason, more service businesses up to that point. And I started working with some e-com businesses and there were a few things that I thought, oh, this is really cool. For one, I just thought the, the business, like I just liked those offers and dealing with those types of customers from a marketing perspective a little bit better, just found it a little bit more enjoyable. But one thing I really liked though, is that when you sell e-com products through email, it's just very clear what results you're creating because they, they click through the email, they order the product or they add it to cart, you know, whatever steps they take, it's all, uh, you know, clearly registered in the analytics of what, what's happening. Whereas with a service business where they might have, you know, different, like a longer sales cycle and you have salespeople involved. And so it kind of comes down to, okay, was it the email that created the sale? Was it the salesperson who either closed them or didn't close them successfully? You know, it's a little bit harder for attribution to nail down which thing it is. And, and truthfully, it's usually, of course, a combination of those things. But I liked how you know straightforward and clear the results were with email marketing, tying it to specific campaigns and specific automations, which just made it easier for me to do testing and tracking. But also, again, it just kind of goes back to that whole thing of um, having a good relationship with clients where it's very clear what results you're producing and it's easy to distinguish what you're producing versus the other people and teams that they're working with. I love that. Um, and it's, it's true. It's the one thing that's super trackable and it's the near cheapest form of marketing because you can add value and have sales at the same time, growing the, the, your, uh, your authority in the brand and this branding space. Um, what is a tip you would have someone who is loves writing they want to start their own copywriting they've heard uh, about what is copywriting they're like yeah i can do this they've tested the waters a bit what would your advice be for them if they're jumping into the space for the first time okay so if you have some sort of writing background and, and you're only kind of vaguely familiar you might want to forget some of the things that you think you know from traditional writing if you're thinking about from like your educational background because copywriters a lot of times we're going to break the rules of writing a paper for an essay for an english class meaning that in copy the goal is to persuade and sell and a lot of times what is good copy is you're not always using proper grammar. You're speaking very conversational. You're speaking on behalf of a brand and you're trying to convey a certain style and a certain voice of that brand. Um, so you want to be more conversational. You want to use language that's very specific to the brand. You're gonna have, uh, one thing that's really important is to keep your copy concise. So you wanna use shorter sentences, shorter paragraphs, a lot more line breaks than you would typically do in traditional writing uh, and things like that. And then, um, you know, as far as like actually, you know, getting started and and learning how to do it, there's a million resources out there 
you know, to do that, a few places I would recommend starting or actually a few books would be, uh, there's one called Building a Story Brand, which I think is great because it provides a, uh, a hero's journey type of framework for writing copy for businesses that helps businesses, helps you know either you on the behalf of that business or a business learn how to speak about their business. There's another book called Cash Advertising, which I think is really useful for just learning some of the like basic uh, frameworks and and uh, principles of direct response copywriting. And then if you really are into just understanding the underlying psychology and strategies, there's another book called Influence by Robert Cialdini, which is kind of like the gold standard of in the marketing world, right? It's like one of the foundational readings. So I would start there just to kind of like really wrap your mind around it, uh, just around copywriting in general and understanding what you're trying to accomplish with writing this copy and not thinking in terms of what you learned in school. I love that. That's uh, some great advice. Um, in your in your journey as a, a digital entrepreneur, copywriter, um, you must have been able to reach some some goals or desires or like levels of success that you're happy with. Um, do you care to share maybe uh, just maybe a memory of one of those memories that of a success that you were able to get through doing your uh, digital entrepreneurship? Oh, there's, I mean, you know, when you're first starting out, the small wins are great. So just getting to where you can pay your bills with your own business, that's like, that's one of the first wins, you know, getting to where you have, um, you know, consistent income that you can actually live off of and you can start to actually live comfortably and you're not struggling anymore. You know, those, those hitting those kind of points are great. Uh, for me, one of the like milestones was I wanted to build a house and so I had to save up some money for that. And so that was one of the bigger like financial milestones that in the last few years that I was pretty happy about because I actually spent a lot of years struggling coming up as an entrepreneur making very, very little money. <laughs> and I was in that phase for, for many years and it sucked because I would, I would think like, man, I, I have this college degree I'm not using. I see all my friends, they're, they're you know, gaining traction in their careers. And I, I mean, I knew I I could easily be making way more money if I had just went and taken a traditional job and went that route. But, but I was just so set on being an entrepreneur that it was tough, you know, for a lot of those times. So for me, a lot of it, honestly, and I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. So for a lot of it, it really is just celebrating every win along the way. And I'd say some of the big ones are just like, uh, you know, really whenever I started my agency that took my income up to another level, but uh, a big win for me was whenever we were able to, I was able to build a home for my family. Well, that is a huge win and something that's like a bucket list as well. Something, a lifelong, lifelong goal of yours. It's great to have that. And it's coming from the entrepreneurial world. Um, where do you want to see yourself in like five years, five years, snap my fingers. Where are you, Kyle? Like, what are you doing? Where are you in the world? How's your business doing? I would say from, uh, I mean, I still want to be, I'm not, I have no desire to retire. So I'm just not, it's just not, um, an interest of mine personally. So no matter how far out I look, I just can't, just don't see it for myself. <laughs> um, what I would like to get to, I would say eventually is to probably be working more 
part-time and doing more being in some sort of role where I'm just focused more on like mentorship and giving back. But in the next five years, I'd like to get to where I'm not doing as much in the day-to-day for my business. I'd like to be involved in multiple businesses at a higher level strategic role and not have to be doing as much of the day-to-day. And so that would allow me to um, you know, like the business I have now, you know, of course I enjoy it and everything. Um, but part of it is like trying to provide a good life for my family. I'm not, I wouldn't sit here and say that, you know, I grew, I dreamed of always having an email marketing agency and that, you know, this is the most fulfilling work that I, that I can possibly be doing. So I would like to be doing some more of that as well. So I would like to get to where I can be doing multiple things where some of it is actually more for just personal fulfillment and trying to, you know, make the world a better place type of thing. Um, and then also just be, just not have to be as involved in the day to day of my business or businesses that are more for, you know, creating wealth for my family. Um, would you say you're, on the path that you thought you were going to be on when you started this journey? Uh, yeah, I would say I am. Uh, I'm just nowhere near. So I always dreamed of being an entrepreneur when I was a kid. I just kind of like decided at an early age, uh, which is interesting because the world has changed so much since then. That, that was just not, that was not considered a real option back then. People didn't, there was not the internet, you know, we, we, we just barely had the internet when I was a kid. And, um, so there just weren't as many opportunities. And, but for me, I, I took interest from the very beginning. So I always just kind of knew, I just always believed I would be an entrepreneur. But as a little kid with big ambitions, I thought I was going to be super successful in my twenties. And, you know, like, you know, I thought I was gonna be like super rich by 25 and all this stuff. And, and uh, so, yeah, I would say I'm definitely, I'm on the path. It's just that things have taken longer and it's been harder than I thought it would be from the time I was a little kid. Uh, which is pretty normal, right? But uh, yeah. yeah, I I have no regrets, and and I love the path I'm on. I love that. Um, we're gonna jump to the spark question of the show okay. with you, uh, Kyle. Um, well, you, we we just talked about that once, so we're gonna just change that. <laughs> it was about a goal that you turned into a reality recently, and okay. I'm pretty sure you will say you're building the house. So. Mm-hmm. Um, can you recall a small decision that ended up changing the course of your life? Oh man, there's, there's been several. Um, I would say there's one, I could tell you one because I've kind of replicated it. Um, so when I was in college, I, I bounced around between, I was changing, I changed degrees several times and um, very, I went on completely different paths, which means I had to keep starting over. So I got to a point where, which I, I did end up graduating in five years. So it's not like this drug out forever, you know, (laughs) but I got to this point where I think I was like three and a half, four years in, and I had decided on the path I was actually going to do. So I ended up pursuing economics as my, my bachelor's degree, but I was so far behind for that program because the stuff I was doing previously was more health focused. And I was just looking at like how much time or how, yeah, basically how many more years I would have to do and how it was going to drag out. And then I just, I just made the decision. I actually like remember in my mind, I decided not even knowing if it was possible that I was going to graduate by 2011, which was like one year away. And I had, you know, 
probably like two plus years worth of coursework to do. It didn't seem possible, but I just, in my mind, I decided so firmly that I was like, I literally told myself I will do whatever it takes. I don't like, I was willing to, you know, like literally do, I say literally like, I'm not one to, you know, be unethical, but in my mind, I was like, if I have to cheat or whatever, I will do it. If like, if I really have to, like that was that firm in my mind, which I didn't cheat by the way. <laughs> no. but, so then I, I figured out basically if I maximize the amount of hours they would let me take every semester, including all the little intercession semesters. So it's like there's a there's a um, Christmas break intercession semester that you can do. Uh, there's one. There's a couple of those in between the, the spring, summer, and fall. They have these like intercession ones, and I actually had to get permission from the dean of the department I was in to to max out my hours more because I was going beyond the, what the system would allow wow. you to register for. Um. So I did this and I, I just maxed this out for like the next year and a half. And I was also working full time this summer before my last semester. Um, I had to got this like really cool job opportunity. So it was insane. I mean, I've never worked so, so hard in school in my life. It was it was like extremely grueling. But I pushed myself beyond what I thought was possible. I ended up getting it all done. And I was so happy with myself afterwards. And I always remember that whenever anytime things get tough or if i know that like let's just say i'm considering a decision that i know this is going to be this is not going to be the easy decision but it's ultimately what i really want i kind of revisit that moment where i i've it it instilled a confidence in myself that okay if i if i just make the firm decision and when i if i just decide in such a decisive way that i'm willing to do whatever then as difficult as the follow through will be if I believe that, I, if I actually know I will follow through, the decision is actually the hard part. The follow through just becomes like this thing I have to do because I've committed it to myself. And that has been a huge mental shift for me where now when I have to make important decisions, making the decision is harder to me than doing the follow through because I know I have this such a like conviction that I don't want to lie to myself that I know that if I make the decision, I have to follow through. And so that's actually what I do whenever I have to make you know, a pivot or a tough decision, I always revisit that. And it has, it's something that has served me well. And I think that people don't, they just don't have enough conviction in their decisions and that that can be a huge catalyst to create momentum for yourself. That is, that is, got me thinking a lot of how you put that time constraint on you and you were willing to put your yourself mentally and physically because you were probably exhausted after that yeah. year or, or bit and how you knew like here's the end goal this is what i have to do and you were able just to focus on that on top of also holding down a job the summer before and yeah that proves to yourself that you can do it because you've set it up like look under the worst conditions um, that's a great lesson to have on yourself but also to uh, to share with us to show the power of um deadlines and just putting your your butt to work um kyle if the audience could leave this episode with one one lesson from you anything about life entrepreneurship email marketing whatever you want to share what would it be the thing that i have always come back to um look some people some people either you're just really good or you're lucky or it's some combination in between you might figure it out on your first try or your second try and that's awesome but most entrepreneurs i know it took many attempts for them to find their winning thing 
And that was definitely the case for me. It took many, many attempts. And so something that was shared with me at one point that has always stuck with me that I try to pass on to other people is that if you just, if you don't quit, then you're not out of the game. You don't lose until you quit. So that doesn't mean that you won't have to take a job in between at certain times or, you know, like take, you, you know, you might have, of course, you're probably going to have setbacks, but if you know this is what you want to do, if you know that you want to be an entrepreneur, as long as you never give up, you will find a way. You will figure it out if you just keep pivoting. And most successful entrepreneurs did not get it right on their first, second, or third thing. And it really is every time you make that new pivot, you're going to learn some new lessons that you can apply to the next one and you'll get better and better. And it gets to the point where you've learned so many lessons from those different things that all the new projects you take on in the future are just a lot easier. And on that, I'm just going to jump off screen because that's some amazing, that is a great piece of advice and lesson to leave with. Kyle, I'm going to jump off screen here. Let my audience know where they can follow you, connect with you. And if they need to work with you to have you take care of their uh, email marketing, uh, you can let them know. So the floor is yours. Okay. Yeah. So if you are looking to work with us to manage your email marketing, then you can go to elevateandscale.com and schedule a call. Otherwise, you can find me anywhere online at Elevate and Scale on all the social platforms. The best platform to follow me on is YouTube. That's where I'm putting out my best content. Awesome. Kyle, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show again and sharing uh, that the great tips you did and that last bit of advice, always pivoting and knowing that it's all right if you don't fail on the first, uh, if you don't get it on the first go is amazing. So thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, to my audience, make sure you check out the show notes down below. That's where you can connect with Kyle. And always remember to invest in yourself. Hey, digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs have taken their business to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter, or it could be Feel Better stories of monetization moguls or making moguls is what i do so make sure you go ahead and check that out but i want to thank you very much for listening and as always remember to invest